0: Love a rugby league same-game multi? Then you've got to check out Picklebet same-game multi. Watch your odds and payouts skyrocket when you combine your favourite team's markets like head-to-head, first try scorer, and winning margin. Picklebet, the next-gen betting app and official sponsor of the NRL All-Stars podcast.
1: What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or
0: visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Hey now, you're an all-star,
1: get your game on, go play.
0: Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. And All that is gold. Only shooting stars break the mold. Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley, here for the Supercoach episode of the week, TLT Round 19. Not just Round 19, though, it is the final big buy round of the NRL and Supercoach season. So it is a huge weekend of footy. Obviously a lot less games, but a huge and possibly final chance to move up the rankings as much as what you can on these big buy rounds. Got Billy Marion on board, which is great because Billy missed out on the last big buy one. So we got him here for the third one and he was on the first one. Billy, welcome back, mate. Hopefully you had a cracker of a weekend and you've been going all right the last couple of weeks.
1: I managed to score mid 1600s and still lost head to head. So it's a bit of a bittersweet week, <laughs> but it was, yeah, uh, profitable nonetheless. How about you?
0: Yeah, pretty similar. 1611, uh, which I was super happy with. Um, but I won 10 out of 10 head to heads, which was nice. But at the same time, you just didn't get the movement that you kind of expected on that type of score. So, yeah, you know, a decent spot but thought I would have gone up maybe a couple no, thousand or 2,000 spots more than what I did. So in, those, in the 5,000s at the moment, I really thought I'd be in the 3,000s and be able to get into the 1K on a good big buy round, but you know, n- not quite as much because it was a huge round of scoring, like we said, and there just it was a lot of massive scores, wasn't there, and a lot of uh, big plays for the captaincies.
1: Yeah, I think you'll find, um, although it's a... Uh, uh... A bit of a demoralising uh, shot ladder. I think you're fine. You can just get 150 points this round and 150 points in that, uh, the next round. I think you're fine. That's the few thousand points, a uh, few thousand spots you're looking for. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, a few peaks and tops, Mostly peaks. I think that's massive numbers this week. I um, I think I vaguely saw a uh, best po- or uh, best probable team of the week. It was like 2300 or something, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it's one of the biggest weeks in years. And it was also a week where, like uh, I mentioned, the captaincies, like everyone assumes, oh, well, everyone was on Hines every- anyway, Barnes. You know, they weren't. Like the the team of the week uh, had, I, I think, had Dearden as the captain. I saw a couple of teams that actually had Dearden as captain. I didn't understand it at all. The team of the week, I might have been wrong. I think it might have been Drinkwater. But it was one of those weird weeks where, you know, Hines gets, he's 150 pluser. And there was actually a few guys that scored better than him, but significantly better. So just a weird round of footy. But I mean, that will, that brings us into our agenda for this podcast. So we may as well let him on the secret, all the people that are listening. It's a big buy special, everyone. We're going to have a huge podcast to cover everything for the big buy. We're going to start off with a, a continued round review like we've already started, really. But that's only going to be brief. Then we're going to go into a strategy chat focusing on the buy. And then we're going to go into uh, round 19 by special preview where we can go through every game and have a look at the main key options in each game as well for the big buy and also beyond. So jam-packed episode for the Supercoach podcast of this week. Uh, Billy, first of all, Clint Eastwood, the good, the bad, the ugly. We already started with a little bit with our scores, uh, but what was the good for your team this week?
1: The good for me was captain drinkwater. So I was one of the, one of those that are.
0: Uh, wow. Yep. Mate, that was huge. I actually had, I was going to VC Heinz and see water, but I got too scared about my AEs. Did you, you obviously had the VC on Heinz and went to see on drinking and you, and you, what, you just decided not to loop or how did that come about?
1: Um, I was at the cinema with the kids and the wife and the wife was going ballistic at me for um, not paying attention. To the, the family situation. And then when I got out, I realized that Philip Sammy didn't start. So, in order to loop, I would have had the cop 280s. And that's when I went, can't do that. Might as well keep it on drinking.
0: <laughs> so, it, more arts than class is what you're saying.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 No, I, I, knew, I knew drinking was going to go ballistic, but, but 150, you can't not loop that. You go. So um but yeah I, I, I can't take two donuts. It, it, it would have ended up being a zero plus AE plus of thirty-three plus the score. So math mathematically it just didn't make sense at all. So yeah, well, by doing that, all of a sudden my captain only needed what forty-five to be to, to to be worth it. So yeah, drinking was a no brainer in the end, but luckily it worked that well, mate.
0: That's an awesome one to get drink water on that week. That's a fantastic one or uh, look, my my good was going to be just owning Drinkwater, but I have to also say I had Ponger as well. So having the one eighty and the one seventy three in there uh, with Captain Hines, you know that was uh, that was huge. So it, yeah. it was a, it was a really good week for those big scorers and just Ponger and Drinkwater just did it so easily. So did Hines. Like those three guys, I just I was ecstatic to have those three in my team. But bad, mate, you must have had some bad. And I tell you what, Philip Semmy. I, I thought of you when Philip Sammy oh, yeah. pulled up lame in the warm-up and just missed um, having to go in for kick-off like he was scheduled to. I thought about, oh, jeez, I hope Billy saw that. <laughs> and obviously, you did it. That's probably your bad, but it worked out good.
1: No, that was part of my ugly. My bad was probably the um, uh, I, um I, I lost my head-to-head because he doesn't know how to dive before a line. He decides, to, at the last 30 seconds of the game, he decided to take the ball upright, take on a couple of defenders up up in the air. Mate, when you're that close, just dive and slide over the line, but nah, cost me the 30 points and cost me the win, so that was the bad for me.
0: Well, uh, my bad. It's, you know, it is a good week, so I can't complain too much, but my bad was definitely Sione Katoa, and I sort of said it on Twitter as well. I was like, maybe I'm just going to have to swallow this one and and say this pod just isn't going to work out because I've copped an eight off him and I've copped a 29 off him. And he's now in a bit of a streak where he hasn't actually scored a try in ages. And in that Sharks game, you know, obviously there was points everywhere. You just would have thought that Sione Katoa was going to score, but instead I copped a 29 out of him, which was which was pretty bad. So certainly that was there, but my ugly was even worse than that. I had Davida uh, Pengai Jr. I thought that he would have gone decent as sort of my 17th man, and to be honest, I didn't really have too many options, right? Like, I had a Picura and a, a, a Billy Smith that ended up not playing. So, I didn't have a lot of options as far as uh, who was going to be in my 17. So, it was my 17th man considering the week and everything. I thought, oh, yeah, TPJ. Even if he has a bad one, maybe it's 40 sort of thing. But I, I thought that he could have got the offloads going. It's not. I think played like 35 minutes, Billy, and he threw up a 12. Like, it was just. Terribly, terribly ugly on the TPJ front
1: for me. Yeah, it was um, wasn't the greatest of efforts, but I think a fair few people might have, would have got would have been panicking over Hosking coming off the bench considered ten minutes to go. <laughs> that was that was that was going to be absolutely painful to watch. But I think there were a few late get-outs in the weekend. There, uh, um, Hosking going over Lyme. I think you had a Murdoch massilla sort of taking a few minutes. But yeah, I don't think I think. Um, your uh, TBJ would have to take the tape, right? that Nick that
0: Yeah, well, look, I was also quite fortunate too. Like some other teams, when we're looking at the round, had uh, like Sean Johnson got 20 and the Warriors obviously didn't have a good game where CNK and DWZ, who have been on fire, both ended up with poor games, although a little bit better than 20, but not much. So, you know, certainly a lot of Warriors owners would have been pretty filthy at the weekend. And I ended up playing, like I stuck strong. I considered selling Alex Johnston, but I stuck strong and thought, no, he's going to get some points because he hasn't scored tries in ages. And he obviously got the two, which was nice. And I stuck strong with Cody Walker too. I thought, you know, people talking about selling or benching Cody Walker, I, I think that, you know, if there's going to be points for South Sydney, they're going to come out of Cody. So well, I'm glad I actually saved a trade on the weekend. So that was positive.
1: Yeah, I um, uh, I, I was looking, I've been allowing as to whether to get in this week, but obviously that, the, um. Let's take the, uh, the the origin selection taking that that of over hand at the moment, but um, but last week was definite, uh, uh Last kind of look to see whether he was going to be worth a purchase, but I'll tell you what, him coming out not only hurts the people that have him, but obviously hurts the uh, the walker, the uh, AJ owners even more too. So, apart from the uh, the four, five, six of them lay outs, it's going to be really hard to sort of get a decent sort of thirteen, let alone thirteen.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to get to that for sure. And, look, let's move on just quickly to mention, to finish off on this round and to get into the big buy because that's what everyone wants to hear about. If you want to know, like, how big this last round was, Billy, we actually had 16 tonnes, which was massive in itself. I think that's the season high. I don't think we've had 1,600-plus scores before in a round. And on top of that, we actually had 740-pluses, which definitely hasn't happened in a round. And four, oh, sorry, five hundred and fifty 150 pluses. on 180, Dearden 179, Drinkwater 173, Hines 156, and Bradman Best 152. And I'll just say as well, that made Drinkwater almost a million-dollar player as the most expensive player in the game, and his ownership only went up to 6.4% still. So mm-hmm. some absolutely massive scores. And, uh, look, obviously the Cowboys made up, you know, 50% of the top 10 too, so that has to be said.
1: Yeah, I only bought him last week too. It was it was always always intended on getting in Brimson, but the only reason I didn't was because of that last minute of, uh potential origin selection. So um uh, thanks, Walshy. Payback for, back for uh, last week.
0: <laughs> well look we do need to get straight into the big buy stuff because there's a lot of content to get out there to everyone and everyone's got a lot of decisions to make this week. Before we do, I do need to mention the fantastic partner of the All-Stars podcast, Picklebet. Picklebet.com go and check them out. They are a fantastic bookmaker, only been around the last couple of years, and they've got some fantastic odds there for you. They've got same-game multis, which launched a few weeks ago. So if you've checked them out before, go and have a look again because they now have a huge amount of markets for you to jump on, including every week the our All-Stars podcast special. If you go under the uh, outrights or specials, you can find these bets for the for the podcast each week. And this week, We're going with the Cronulla Sharks to win 13-plus, the Canberra Raiders to beat the Dragons, and wait for it, drum roll, the Canterbury Bulldogs to win. There is massive odds in the Bulldogs. People will think I'm crazy. We'll talk about it more when we get to the games, but I think there's some value to be had there, so much so that if you go for those three with the bet of the week for the NR All-Stars podcast, you'll get almost $5 value, five to one odds for three games to go your way. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for a bit of value. These ones are obviously just you know, bigger odds bets that we can do. You can go and find some other bets on Picklebet, though. They also are great at racing. They're also great at esports. But when you create an account, create an account and make sure you use the affiliate referral code ALLSTARS, all one word. Just put ALLSTARS in. Make sure that it's under the affiliate code when you sign up, and that way they'll know that you're one of our listeners and they'll take great care of you. But picklebet.com, go jump on them today. Also, just make sure and think, is this a bet that you really want to place for free and confidential support? You can call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Billy, strategy chat for the buy. There is a few different things coming up in this buy round that people are struggling with. They're really wrestling with uh, some different strategies and and ideas on how to get their team not just right for this round, but also uh, going forward because we're pretty close to that run home after this week. Mate, one of the first things is do we go for one-and-done players is it or is it enough time? You know, and one-and-done players are guys, Billy, for especially the new super coaches, guys who are potentially going to play one game and then not be there anymore and not be active. And the key idea around that strategy is that you're going to get a number this week, um, preferably one that's at 200K, so Munro for Souths. Is a is a pretty decent shout as far as a great example, perfect example of what a one and done guy could be. Tyrone Munro, he could play this week and then be out the following week. And the, the key thing for that is he's gonna give you the points this week and then he's gonna disappear, which means he's not gonna be an AE nightmare. Because the worst thing that you can do isn't it is grab like a Ford that's been promoted to the starting lineup, they're gonna play 60, 65 minutes. And then they end up back on the bench playing 12 or 15 minutes. And that's terrible because it stuffs up your AE and you can't burn a trade to get them back out again. So all of a sudden your VC loops in trouble as well. And it doesn't really provide you much cover because you can never play that guy. So certainly it's it's almost like nothing, but it gives you something out of it. And you're hoping that they don't play again. But someone like Munro as well, Billy, the key thing there is that if they do play again, at least, you know, they're going to start. A winger is not going to be on the bench. So that's kind of what you're targeting. Uh, and the other idea is nothing. So certainly teams that have wanting to use all three trades might be nothing somebody and enough being someone who we haven't seen at all this year and isn't going to play at all, uh, but it frees up cash for you to use on some other big upgrades for this round for the other two trades. Or it might set you up for next week to be able to bring in some run home guys that you don't have like a Fafita. So where are you at on the one and done guys and and the nothing at this point of the season?
1: Uh, I don't really like nothing. Um, yeah, if possible. But if you're going to do it this time, this time of the season, um, yeah, I did my first one last week, and it's purely just uh, positional. So um, up in the front row forwards, I um, muffed up there. Reason, reason being, the high possibility you're going to have people like sort of half rest, half rest and other origin stars sort of rest. So. Uh, obviously number one to give you the cash but number two uh it allows you to use guys like you know sort to of bell and sort of on you around to sort of cover front row four or second row wherever you th- wherever you're thin. so that that's the reason for doing it there but yeah like you said um absolutely no brighter getting getting get one more as well um i would i prefer not to do two nuffs but uh if you go to if you go to south the the south Street, whatever his name is again the um he actually played uh, pretty well and it's that, that that right wing is not a, not a wasteland. It's not the worst worst team in the world. But he's scored he de- scored pretty decently, and um, there are were rotating rotating players out there anyway. So it's they're never really well established. So um, I mean, who would who would likely come along and take it off him anyway? They're still we're still waiting for a trouble to come back. So I and mean, he's going to be at least a few weeks away.
0: Yeah, they got Campbell Graham out as well. I mean, they've been running with. Uh, AJ, and then it's been a mix of either your old mate Milne or um, some other combinations as well that they've had there too. So, I mean, it's when you're looking at the side, like they've got Isaiah Tass that's just come back, which is big as well. Um, so I think, you know, they've got a lot of different options that are in front of Munro. The story with Munro as well is that he was never really meant to actually play any first grade this year, and it was a huge surprise that he got run because no one expected him to. So that probably tells you where he's at on the pecking order when they're healthy. Um But, you know, like we said, like you mentioned too, he scored 65 points on his debut. So he went pretty decent. And, you know, the Rabbitohs normally going to have pretty decent attack. So he definitely seems like the one to go for. Like, I, I would say he's definitely the most popular when you're looking at the trade markets, and he should be. I think the mistake that people will make is that they might get uh someone like a, a Ben Lovett. who's named at the second row for the Rabbits. I think that if you're going to go a one and done, don't do it with a Ford. Because Ben Lovett, like with enough injuries, he could end up on the bench. And he's the type of guy, being an edge player, that might only get 12 to 15 minutes on the bench if he finds himself there at any point. And you just don't want that. You'd rather they're either going to start and give you a number or not at all and just be gone after this week. So for me, it's always the centre wings that you're doing. And that's why I think Munro's the pick out of the games this weekend as an example.
1: Yeah, I made one mistake last week, though. I... um Um... Not sure what I was drinking. Forgot about it. But <laughs> when I, when I, when I did my nuff last week, I ended up getting um uh what's his name Martin because uh, he's obviously likely not going to play, and his second row forward, front row forward rotation. But I've already got a couple of jewels in there. So what I should have done, and think about this when you when you're nothing, I should have got the uh the second row forward and hooker jewel. Reason being, I've got Marshall King up at uh my 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 second hooker spot at the moment, and it's under. Uh, has been and is under, under the injury cloud. So by getting someone that's, that's dual, like obviously this week, uh, Marshall King's under a significant injury clou- cloud. If I managed to get the, the jewels right, um uh, the, uh, the nut na- jewels right in the first place this week or next week, I could have just, you know, got rid of Marshall King and switched the, the second row forward guy up to hooker or board front row forward or, or a decent second rower. But now, now the way I'm looking at it, I'm going to have to burn two trades instead to up, upgrade Marshall King, if I can. So just think about your, your, your dual positions before you just get, get any old Tom Digg or Harry.
0: Yeah, definitely. And look, there is, there is probably one other example that I'll throw out there for your reels too. Like Munro is the guy that everyone's trading in. What I will say is that there is going to be some teams next round, Billy in round 20. It's a mini big buy round, right? Where we have three teams off the dragons, the Raiders and also the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And I think that some teams are going to find themselves in trouble that week. If you're worried about that and you also got to contend with the Origin backups, then Munro can't play anyway because he's on the buy. So if you are worried about that, at 216,000 for the Eels, we do have Isaac Loomie Lumi, who's been named. He's only played one game this year, which was awful. But if you go to last, week, last year, he did have two games and across him he averaged 56 points. So he scored... 56 points a game across two. There's not a lot in that. The year before, he went three games for 40. Um, But one of the good things, I think, is that if you needed cover next week and you wanted a number this week, then it works out quite favourably because for Lumi and the Eels, they've got the New Zealand Warriors this week, but it's at home at least, so they get the Conbank Stadium game. And then in round 20, if you're going to be short, he's playing the Gold Coast Titans at... Combank Stadium again. So the Titans at Combank is a really good matchup for the Eels next week, even if they have some origin guys not back up. But it is the last game of the round as well. So, you know, maybe he doesn't get to back up, but if they do rest anyone or have anyone out, he might play next week. Whereas someone like Munro, you've got no chance of them being some extra cover next week. So he's probably one of the only other ones that I'll mention as a, as a potential. He's only $16,000 different to Munro, but he's not going to have the buy next week. But whether he gets picked or not, it's probably 50-50.
1: Yeah, agree with all that, mate. Um, don't really have anything bad on that one
0: so in summary Billy I think that we both agree um, the one and done is probably a better decision than nothing if you can because at least you can get the points out of it at the moment but if you're nothing you know I think we've spoken about it before being you only probably want one maybe two but don't go over two um, you're pretty much of the same opinion I believe
1: yeah the only thing to be careful of with the one and done is, and we'll get to this later is if you only do one and done just be careful how much cash is going to be left on the bench
0: yeah, make sure that they're cheap. You have got to make sure that they're cheap ones. Uh, look, the other thing that we got to consider with our strategies is which um, is a, is if you're going to actually be trading for this round or for the future rounds. Uh, so that's something to consider because I've seen some teams that sort of have gone. Look, I'm I've got eleven. I'm just going to stick to eleven. I'm not going to do any more trades, and that's fine. Like I I seem to think that this round there has been quite a bit of carnage with some guys that we didn't think were going to be in origin, picked for origin, some other guys that have also been injured. Uh, So it does mean that teams are pretty short. So I think that if you don't have 13, it's okay this round. Sort of 10 to 12 or 10 to 13, I should say, seems to be about the number that most teams that are competitive are going to sort of fall at. But if you are a team, Billy, that say, for example, got 11 runners and you decide that you want to hold those trades, Uh, you might do well to consider what you're going to do the following weeks then because you don't have to worry about trading for this week. But, for example, you know, I brought up Fafita before. He's someone that teams are going to need to get in very quickly. And if you decide that you need to get him in next week, you need to look at how you can do that. How you can do that is going, well, look, maybe I'm not going to – I didn't want to trade for this buy round, but a strategy might be I might go to a Munro because there's somebody that's going to trade anyway next week and I'm going to go – down to a Monroe from, say, Billy Smith. And that gives me 160000 extra bank. And then I've got a bit of flexibility next week if anything else happens, and I actually need the couple of trades that I've got. So you may as well use that now if you know that you are going to definitely use it next week. That's an option, and I think one that teams should consider because they're obviously going to be able to build their team for the run home a lot easier. Uh, next week with that extra bank and stuff and also get an extra number this week. So just a bit of a different strategic option that teams maybe should think about if they're not going to make a trade this week for their numbers.
1: Yeah, it depends on, on your on your game strategy too. Like if you're, if you're purely overall, that's all you care about. Unless you're really in the top few hundred and there's really no point in going too hard at the extra one player, just play the long game because by saving that one trade, you might get an extra you know, 100, 200 points when the when the demolition hits in, you know, so it's three or four weeks and everyone starts getting rested. So best off to say for that. But if you're in the head to head boat and you, and you absolutely have to win this week, just do whatever you can sell half, sell a column of tongue. you sell every man, his dog, because if you don't, if you don't win your head to heads and get in the files, it's, it's pointless even saving your trades because you're not even going to be there. So two different strategies.
0: Yep. A hundred percent. Look, The other question that teams are asking themselves, and and I'm one of these teams, who do I trade this week? Uh, It's becoming quite difficult, and it's a bit of a juggle too because you've got three teams on the buy next week. You've got to make sure that you're going to have enough runners for next week as well to actually field your 17. Uh, Some big names are going to come up, and they're names that people are considering trading. Some of them people are already trading out. So we're going to dissect uh, some of the top 10 you know, stars or guns that people are looking or considering trading out and asking questions about. I'm going to go through those. The first one is super polarizing. And I'm going to go on a limb here, Billy, and say this is one that I considered trading myself. And I still haven't made up my mind. It doesn't feel right to look at it at all. Joey Manu, he has been killing it lately. Um, he's been going much better at SEND in the last couple of weeks than what I expected. He has gone 92, 91, and 117 the last three weeks. Now, when you're looking at that, you go, look, it's just crazy to trade someone with a three-round average of 100. What's the reason for this? Uh, a couple of things to consider, okay? And, and one of them is that you know, guys are always going to go on runs. Manu has had his three games. Some of the best decisions that you can make, and it is a risk, is to get off guys like Manu who maybe they're definitely not a must-have, you know, keeper for the rest of the season, and get off them at the right time. He's seven hundred and nine thousand dollars he's got a be close to fifty, so he's basically peaked in price just about again uh he's got to buy this week, so he's obviously not going to play and the next game he's playing gets a storm uh so that's not a great two weeks for Joey Manu. If you look before his last three weeks, he had three weeks of fifty one forty one and thirty three you know that's and, and when that forty one by the way was against the bulldogs and it was played at home so you know it, it wasn't a good few weeks for him and in fact this this year. We've only just seen the best out of Joey Martin in the last three weeks, and he scored a try at least in every one of those games. So when you have a look at the Roosters run home, you all of a sudden go, well, bye this week. Melbourne Storm, good game against the Titans, but then they're away against Broncos, which is tough. Good couple games, maybe against Manly and the Dolphins. Tough one away against the Eels. Good game against Tigers and then a really tough one against Souths away. So the the rest of the season draws mixed, Billy. He's not going to play this week. He's going to be a tough player the following week. And he's not a definitive have to have for your centre wing run home, but he's worth a lot of money. So maybe he keeps going on and scores better than what we've ever seen him before at centre wing um, at playing centre, which is what he's done the last couple of weeks. I tend to think that we're, we're going to see a bit of drop off a little bit um, from what we've seen the last few weeks. So he might be someone to consider. Now, that's controversial, Billy. I'm thinking about it, but I'm still not sure because he's been going so well. How do you sit on trading someone like that out for the run home for other players?
1: Oh, well, I hadn't really thought about it that way. Um, you've got to remember one of his games was, was at fullback where he's uh, obviously went ballistic with it, with the hit-ups. Um, you look at you can look at last week and uh, it went, 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 went over the line unexpectedly, but Matt Mano's going to do that. Look, I don't see any reason to sell him, but if you really, really need a head count, um, I'd probably do it in the order of you know Hosking first, um, maybe Haas, Haas, and sort of uh, Manu kind of second. You've got to go with the injury guys first because even even though his average has been low low kind of lately, he's the one sort of bloke that can sort of go hundred hundred and twenty not easily, but you uh, know a lot easier than a lot of other players at center three quarter and. Um we are coming to the end of the season where you've been you some big scores, mate. So I'd probably be inclined to keep him, uh, particularly at the 5-8 spot with, with uh, sort of the bias still coming through. But um, if you've got to sell someone, it's certainly an idea.
0: Yeah, I think you can consider it more than what people are considering it um, because the Roosters aren't, aren't going well. They don't have a great immediate draw. Having said that, in a few weeks, Billy, they've got a good month of footy before they hit some harder games again. And during that period, he might go, great. There's obvious, obviously there's some large risk there. Um, but if you're looking at some of these guys, you know, probably the good thing to do is have a look at what centre wings you think a must have. And also who you've got. Like if Manu is already your sixth centre wing because you're stacked there, then maybe it makes sense just to bite the bullet and get rid of him because it's going to give you points now. And there's certainly some value guys that you can get that might perform just as well as him for the run home. Uh, super controversial one's the next one. Cody Walker. So certainly people have owned Cody Walker for much longer than recently, and they've been doing really well with him. But he's had a little bit of form slump of late. And look, a little bit of form slump. He scored 79 in horrendous conditions on the weekend, which you know is very, very good. But before that, I think the people were really upset that he scored 36 points against the Cowboys. He's, he's 730,000, Billy. He's not going to play this week, which I think a lot of people were holding him for. And then he's got the buy, so you're you're two weeks without Cody Walker playing, two weeks without a five eight there, and he's at seven hundred thirty thousand one hundred twenty two BE, and he's probably going to drop money playing against the Broncos in round twenty one, which is his next game, and he's even not over his buys then. So between you know round nineteen and round twenty seven, he's actually going to miss three games, and that's if he gets through Origin unscathed as well, without an injury or anything or a rest. So. All of a sudden, it becomes a little bit tenuous on what you do with Cody Walker. Obviously, some people are going to be saying, look, I prefer a Ponga for the run home or I prefer a a Munster for the run home, both of which may very well end up being better players for the couple of months of footy we have left post-Origin. For me, I'm actually going to hold Cody Walker at the moment, um, but it's just because I can't see any real value in getting any other 5'8s playing this weekend. But, you know, controversial, Billy, but it's another one of those ones where you go, look, he scored 74 for the season, but maybe he only averages 65 for the run home and I can do better than that and you can cash out now, get a buy number and then rotate Munster in, especially if you've got someone like Schuster who's a who's a dual still that you can throw in there for this week to get yourself, say, a second row forward and then use that um, Schuster's dual spot to get a Munster in post-origin. You know, that could be an option for teams.
1: Yeah, the only, any concern I had with that kind of strategy is, uh, I, I get what you're saying around the, the buy numbers coming up. He could easily make it up in a a couple of games. Like he's got, just having a quick look at the draw. He's got the Tigers 22, Dragons 24, but those are, those are key, key head to head matchups. So those could really sort of win you, win your head to heads in the semis and finals. So I'd, I'd be inclined to try and keep him as long as possible.
0: Yeah, I'm going to hold him myself. Um, I think that there's a specific team build that should be trading him now, especially if they've got Schuster to put into five eight so they can get another buy number. And that is teams who have decided, like, I've got Cody Walker and Ponga at the moment. If there's a team build like that and you've decided that your run home is going to be Ponga and Munster, then you may as well not wait if you're, if you're those teams. Like, if you've made that decision that Ponga and Munster are your run home team... Don't bother waiting for two weeks or something to trade Cody Walker out. You may as well trade him out now because you're going to anyway, and he's not going to have any value sitting there. That's probably the only you know no brainer one for me where those sort of teams could probably get rid of him.
1: Yeah, Munster's got a not a, not an easy draw, not not a not a difficult one either. What, what's he got in there? So he's got Chooks Knights Eels <laughs> Panthers Raiders. Not not the easiest draw. Um, I'd be inclined. I, I, I'd much prefer Cody for that run home, but um, you know, um, you know, Cam mate, you can score against any team, particularly New South Wales,
0: mm, especially in New South Wales. But Cody, um, Cody's teammate Damien Cook, he's in Origin. Uh, there was talk that he might not have been, but he is, so he's in the same boat. Right, a couple of weeks where he's not going to play footy. Broke him to one hundred and three, six twenty eight. I, um, I, I'd actually be less inclined to trade him than what I would Cody only because I just don't want to burn any trades at Hooker because it's such a wasteland. You know, there's, there's teams that are look putting Cook out and getting someone like an, a Wade Egan in or some of these other options that are playing the buy. And I just wouldn't bother because most of the teams at Cook have Grant. And I just say, well, look, I don't have a Hooker this round and um, and I'm just going to run with those two on the way home. I just don't see Hooker as, a, as an upside position this year or one that's got a lot of options. So whilst I think Cody Walker is a much better player than Cook for Supercoach, it just doesn't seem any reason to to burn a traded hooker. You may as well just let Cook rot there as your second hooker, and and just not worry about having a hooker for the buy or for the next week. And Grant will hopefully back up for you.
1: Yeah, that's what I think I'm going to do, mate. Just let my hookers rot. <laughs> you, you're you're at the point in the stick anyway, so you can you can pretty much um, just take take an a and It's not not going to really be worse off than what your hooker scores anyway. I mean, even even Grant's kind of hit and miss in scoring forties.
0: Oh, for sure. And look, there's a lot of rabbits in this, but it's because it's really um, a tough period for rabbits owners who are not going to get a number this week and they're going to have the buy. Um, Campbell Graham is not meant to return until round 21 from his sternum injury, and he's been managing that for ages. I think that if you own Campbell Graham, he's the biggest sellout of all these guns. Uh, having a look at the draw and stuff, well, he he may very well be carrying this. He, I, I would be surprised if he's still carrying it if he's not rested during that run home as well. Uh, and he hasn't been going as well the last couple of months of footy uh, as what he was at the start. Like, I he's an easy one for me. Uh, he was averaging 78 points a game between round one and 10, and since then he's averaged 71. So, you know, people will say, oh, that's not that much. It's about 12% difference. And that 70-odd average brings him back down to the centre wing pack with the other guns. And, again, he's out at least two weeks. He may very well not be right for round 21, and then he's back round 22 at his... Price tag is 667000 I actually think these are pretty easy sell. Um, but there is some more controversial ones, Billy. I want to talk about your reels, boys. Uh, Clint Gutherson and Mitchell Moses. Now, I'm someone who actually said a couple of weeks ago, you know what, Cleary is meant to be back around 21 um, or maybe even before that. And I'm just going to bite the bullet and say I don't really care. Like, if he comes back around 20 versus Dolphins... Mitchell Moses has the Titans at Combank Stadium as the last game of the round. So good backup um, timeframe for him to be healthy. I'm just going to hold Moses and just go with Moses. But there are teams that are saying, look, I'm going to trade Mitchell Moses this week, especially teams with a lot of trades and then get someone in for cover, whether that's a Sean Johnson, provided that he does actually play. And then they're going to flip that to Cleary in a couple of weeks time. Those are certainly some trades that are happening at the moment. I I've already shown my cards, Billy. Like I think that Mitchell Moses has a real chance of even matching someone like um, Nathan Cleary when Nathan Cleary returns. I can't possibly trade him with the draw that's coming up for the Eels immediately as well. So I'm a big I'm a big holder for him. Uh, but I'm also a big holder for Gutherson, where I've seen some people looking at a trade of uh, Clint Gutherson at almost nine hundred thousand down to a sub six hundred K guy and someone like Kennedy. Um, and I just I just don't see it because Gutho has scored. 100 points plus in three weeks, 138, 132, and 119, a three-round average of 130. And again, he's probably going to back up after playing limited minutes in origin, playing the Gold Coast Titans at Combank. He could throw out 130 that week, and anything that you do with him, even to Will Kennedy, who might go a 70 or something, it's just going to be completely erased by one big game from Gutherson. So oh, I'm actually quite um, on board and holding your reels, but how do you feel about letting some of these guys go for the boy?
1: If you go back four weeks, I would have said, Yeah, absolutely no brainer. Um, just get rid of him. But the way Moses has been playing, and the way Gapo's been playing, I, I didn't even own Gapo until about two or three weeks ago. I think I actually bought him after after the uh round fifteen buy when he went when he went ballistic. i just I mean watching him for years, I just didn't expect those kind of scores. He's just not an absolute fire at the moment. So the way he's been playing mate, I'd be more than happy to hold him and Moses for the ride home, particularly with the draw they've got. At the start of the year with an absolutely insane draw. Um, they lost, they lost a bit of their value. You know, they're, they're getting it back, but I'm um, getting rid of the, the rest of them. I, I'm, I, I still don't own Hopgood. I was contemplating bringing, bringing him back in, but with Lane with Lane coming back in and the un, the unknown in the rotation, and knowing that you know. Hopkins already playing, sort of, you know, sixty minutes only now. Anyway, with a, a, an elevation uh, around, around, around the buyers, you got to remember a bloke like that had a had a try and a, and a try assist um, last game. So you don't know whether he's going to pump sort of fifty five or one hundred and fifty five. I just, I just can't bring a bloke like that back in now. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be getting rid of the spine, mate. Not the way of the playing.
0: No, I don't think you can. I think you trade some of these other guys before you trade guys like Moses and Gutherson. And look, I'll point out a couple of stats quickly on them. Clint Gutherson is the eighth best player in Supercoach on averages, the eighth best. He's actually the second best fullback. So on the run home averages at the moment, it's Scott Drinkwater and then Clint Gutherson. Those are the, on the season best averaging two fullbacks. If you're looking at the two best averaging halfbacks at the moment, Nico Hines followed by Mitchell Moses. Um, and that's with Nathan Cleary out. Now, when Nathan Cleary comes back, you've got a bit of a, a decision to make because Cleary has been averaging more than what Moses has. Uh, But, you know, the second half of the season, Moses has actually been meeting what Cleary has been doing. So a couple of decisions, but either way, they're still top options. Um, So I I think that I'd be keeping those for that Gold Coast game, especially. Uh, Some other guys that are a little bit harder are Ford's Billy, because I find it really tough with Ford's because... You can get runs where, where they don't have any attack and then all of a sudden they're back in the pack. Keon Kala uh has been like that. He's scored a few 50s in the last month, which have been, you know, solid, but not up to his price tag of between six and 700k. And that brings him right back down to the pack. He's not going to play now for the next two weeks. Uh, Corey Horsbro he's been super solid and averaging um, 75 points a game recently and he's also dual, but he's obviously an origin camp, and he's not going to play the next two weeks either because Canberra have also got the buy next week. Those are two guys that people might be looking at cashing out. I'm actually going to likely cash out key on Matangi. He's not going to play the next two weeks. he has still have another buy to go after that. I was really on him as a season keeper, but these are the tough decisions that you need to make because you run out of guys to trade out, and it's key that you do the right ones. I've chosen to keep horse over him only because horse has been – uh, with a higher floor of consistency with his base. But the fact that he's dual means I can have him at front row forward. And, and that, you know, was sort of where I was at with that, but it is tough with the Fords, isn't it, Billy?
1: Yeah. I mean, exactly the same boat, mate. Like, you don't want to get rid of those blokes, but you, you just have to. I mean, like, I only bought um, Colin la last, last week or the week before knowing that, look, they've got a, a de- decent draw coming up. They're going it- to, then, um, or oh, they've only got you know a couple of buyers, but you can manage that. And then, then when you get a bloke like him select like for, for origin, and you have okay, one buyer, then two buyers, and another buyer coming up, um, and all, all, all of a sudden that soft draw goes out the window, you know, particularly when you look at his averages and he's only been punching a few 50s here and there. There's there's absolutely no guarantee that he's going to go over the line in any of those softer games either.
0: Yeah, it's really hard. And one of the softer games was this buy around. Um, where he's going to play the Bulldogs, you know, and I think that everybody that owned him, including me, like I bought him five weeks ago, and I had an eye towards this Bulldogs game. And if you're not going to have him for that, he's not going to give you the buy cover. You know, it's it's probably an easier decision to sell him than some of these other guys, like your spine players and stuff. Uh, and look, I'd probably say Billy that we're, just to be clear to everyone listening, we're not saying that these guys are all trades. Not at all. It's just that uh, most teams are going to have to make some hard decisions on who they're going to trade to free up cash to be able to get some more important targets for the run home or who they're going to free up to get some numbers going for this buy round. Because if you've got eight, nine players, you need to free up some um, trades. You need to get some guys out. You need to get some numbers. And you also need to make sure that next week you're going to be okay. South players and Canberra players aren't going to play next week. So, you know, you've got to make some of these tough decisions. So I'd love to keep Keon for the whole season, Billy, but under the circumstances, because he got picked for Origin, and then he's got the buy. I just can't do it, so I'm going to have to trade him. But these are the sort of tough decisions you have to make.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I'm, I'm even stuck between you know, a classic example, like a, a bloke like uh, Harris versus uh, Tarpany. Like I know he's got buy next week, but who do you pick? Like I prefer health, a healthier bloke over a bloke that's injury prone, prone but you still got a way out. Who's going to play next week, and can I still get my seventy?
0: Yeah, and make no mistake. Like if you're if you're not planning for this week and for next week, you're gonna you're gonna fall behind for sure. Um, there's a lot of teams with lower numbers, but you have to look at it as an opportunity. Which we say, you know, all year with the big buys, but also the mini big buy rounds. It's a it's your last opportunity this season. This next fortnight, you can absolutely springboard yourself up the rankings overall, or smash your head to heads the next two weeks if you're, you know, going pretty aggressive and making sure that you've got good numbers. And I think that you need to, um, because for me, Billy, like this is your last chance, right? For a lot of people that haven't played maybe Supercoach more than this year or more than the last couple of years, they might forget or not realise that once you get to to the 20s in the rounds, it's very hard to move up much, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly, mate. It's really good. (laughs) <laughs> it's a lot more of averages. Like you, you can have an absolute gun score this week, but the, but, the, but you, so you play the same boat next week, and all of a sudden you come back to the pack somewhat. So you think you think of it like this way: the, the, the leaders are away five, six hundred points ahead, but it's taken them what ten ten weeks to get there at, at an average of what three? Oh, sorry, five, five to ten points per player here and there. And and that's not that's not playing the same boat week in, week out, too. That's when we all have to select different kind of wingers, different captaincies, but now that everyone's teams are basically the same, you've really got to go left field if you or or go go a bit sort of crazy with your VC choice if you want to get a leg up the ladder.
0: Let's move along to the games, mate. Let's go through the options on actual buying the Tigers and the Sharks playing on Thursday night. Tigers were wonderful. We just have to take a minute. (laughs) Losing seventy-four hook. Do you think that the Sharks are going to do it to him again? Like, or do you think that they're going to try and bounce back and put something up?
1: Well, I think every name is dog has the VC on Nico for a reason, mate. Yeah,
0: yeah, there's absolutely no way that you could VC anyone else. Um, no. I think that's a foregone conclusion. Nico's a must-own. I saw three percent of coaches trading him in. He's actually the top ten in the top ten most <laughs> traded. I, I do not understand that. I don't get it. You should have already had him. He's got to be the VC. Let's talk about some of these other Sharks players. Let's rank them. Uh, Militalo obviously went well last week with a double. Um, so he was certainly came through for owners. Um, 87 points, two tries. I think that we can expect something pretty similar this week. So out of the back line, guys, he's my number one purchase at 633,000. Out of the Fords, it's really easy. There's only one Ford worth owning, and it's uh, Nikora. He scored 97 with with a double on the weekend. Uh, he scored 74 with a try the week before. He's back on a try scoring spree. Again, I expect him 70 plus pretty easily. As far as the, the top forward and the top back go, I think that's pretty clear cut. You'd agree?
1: Yeah, no disagreements there at all.
0: Um, I'd actually rank those. I think this Tigers game is the number one game to target. So for me, I'd be targeting. Um, if I'm targeting a forward, it's Britain nikara And if I'm t- targeting a back... It is Militalo, obviously, assuming that you own Hines. Do you do you sort of see it this way, that the Sharks game is probably going to be the number one for teams to target?
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the only other point added there is probably the Talakai, the, the mate. Um, he's a le- left-field option. Um, Militalo is a great option, but if you look at his numbers closely, he, he basically scores either one try or two tries every, every week. and still he never cracks a ton, um, at least sort of... Um, the, the, the other bloke thing goes to the ballistic and probably a bit more of a pod, so he's an option as well. at that side. Right.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and Talagai is one of those ones that that has gone big a couple of times this year and has some bigger scores. Um, teams will look at Jesse Ramian. If you're looking at someone who you need to spend less on, so a shit good option is what I would say it is, <laughs> or a good shit option. <laughs> yeah, good shit option is what I would say. Um, uh, look, there's I, we've got to throw out a couple of these pods for this because there is going to be some teams that are going to say, Look, I, I've only got a really small budget to get someone in, and I need it to be effective. Uh, Jesse Ramian, I would actually say I would not touch He scored tries the last two weeks and scored 47 and 49. Now, people will call me crazy, and that is fine. I have given up on the Sioni Katawa dream of him being a, a really good pod, but he's in the 300s, he's 398,000. If you need to get somebody in because you want a number this week, he hasn't scored a try in his last five games. That's that's He hasn't gone more than two games all year without a try, okay? And that's only happened once. He's got to score a try soon. And the thing with him is that when he scores a try, it's a hell of a lot better than Ramian scores. And he's only scored six tries on the year which is way below, like he was up there with Militalo last year on the try scoring. So you expect that's going to average out. And the thing with the Sharks is that if you're going to get these guys in for a game and then have them as depth, like your sixth or seventh centre wing, you want to get someone, A, that you're not paying much for. He's 60K less than what Aramian is. And B, someone who you can throw in there on the way home if you need the depth. And they've done all their buys and they do have some really good matchups at home still, including like the Gold Coast Titans in round 24 when you're going to hit your head-to-head finals. So to me, Katoa is has shown himself to be a shit option the last few weeks, even though I really wanted him to work out. But if you got no money, Billy, and you're looking at these type of guys, um, he'd be my pick out of the real cheap guys, um, being in the three hundreds for price.
1: Oh, I just started looking at him, right? <laughs> oh, I I I would even prefer to stretch a little bit so an extra couple of hundred and go moil if anyone. At least a bloke like that has a draw that can open open up with um, um, the absolute ordinary defense has been thrown up by some of the teams lately. So I don't know if there's any any other good shit options out there that I'd probably look for uh, defensive gaps and runs home, but Katoa, he was hard. Watson.
0: Well, there is another good shit option that we're going to talk about a bit later. Um, So I'll hold him in my back pocket. Um, but, yeah, certainly I think, you know, the good thing about guys like even Nicaro Militaro is that they're not hugely owned. So whilst they're not in pod territory anymore, they were are in pod territory for a long time and a lot of teams still haven't bought them. So, yeah, I think you've got to get onto them. them. Uh, on the Tigers side, I don't actually see any options that I really want to buy aside from maybe John Bateman. Um, but I'll be controversial with Bateman, Billy, and say I think that there's other forwards that are better uh, this round and also for keeping for the run home, especially with how the Tigers are going. Uh, we saw the Tigers get belted on the weekend and he only played 55 minutes and scored 33. Um, he's playing a lot in the middle, which is good, but if they're getting belted, maybe he doesn't play 80 minutes. Um, but more so, I just, at 630,000 um, with all the other options, you know, certainly Britain Nicaragua is is on top of him for a purchase and a couple of other guys that we're going to mention later on. So Bateman's an option. Uh, he's got a three-round average of 53, a five-round of 70. Uh, but I would prefer to probably buy some of the other forwards, I reckon.
1: Well, yeah, the way he's been going, I have to agree. <laughs> if, you go, if you go back a couple of years, he's just a different player, different team, just does, doesn't have the same work rate. They looked pretty ordinary last game too.
0: it's probably one of the things that that people need to look at as well, isn't it, for for purchases now? Like, what do you think these teams are going to do? Because if you've got a team that's going to be competing and needing to make the eight not resting players, um, you know, someone like the Sharks, prime example. But if you've got a team like the Tigers that can't make the eight now, uh, have controversy with their coaches, a bit of player unrest and stuff, you want to stay away from that for the run home, don't you? Exactly.
1: Exactly. Don't don't mock around with it. (laughs) His position is changing too. Like the bloke starts on the right edge, then goes to the middle, right edge, then to middle. Um the they're gonna be the, the way the team's playing as well, they're gonna be taking out of play a lot too, because the amount of times the amount of minutes they spend uh behind the goalposts, it just takes a lot of those tackles and get ups out of the equation as well. So you've got to take an extra ten, fifteen percent off there as well.
0: Dragons vs Raiders. Uh, so this one that wins stadium, but there is gonna be uh, no Sloan. People were saying he was dropped. He's actually listed as a calf injury back around 21. And no Ben Hunt. So the Dragons looking a bit thin. Um, the, on the Raiders side of things, they've got some prime examples of guys that you don't want to buy, okay? So certainly like the the Trey Moonies and the and the Peter Hollers and stuff. You don't buy these bench guys and these forwards just for a week because they can come back and bite you and they're going to give you maybe 15, 20 points as well. So it's not worth it. But a couple of forwards that I prefer well over um, Bateman and one of them is going to be Joseph Tarpany who you mentioned earlier. I own Tarpini. um I have I was hoping that his minutes and his performance would go up and it actually has. So, you know, pleasantly surprised, but I was hopeful. He's on 80 and 71 the last two weeks. And, in fact, um, when you look at his last five rounds, he's averaged 70. And this is sort of what he did at the midway at the point of the season for the run home last year. So it's almost mirroring it exactly. His minutes are way up. He's now gone in those five games, 68, 73, 61, 50, and 59 minutes. Horsbury out, is only going to help his minutes this week to stay at at least a 55-plus level. Um, So 70-plus looks like him for the rest of the way, and he still hasn't scored a try yet. He was very close on the weekend. Playing that Dragon side, he could be in for some clutch attack this week as a forward. So I certainly think it's 600,000. And someone that you can throw him at your front row forward as well as your second row forward. He is a uh, huge value and way better than someone like a Bateman. I'd ser- I'd probably get Nicaragua over him if I'm looking at second row. But as a front rower, he's probably the best in the business for this week.
1: Yeah. Um, I was looking at him before. I really think frustrated because I started the year with him. Then he got uh, And then he got suspended, I think. And then... Went, uh then then Ricky did Ricky again, started giving him more and more minutes, but you never know when he's gonna get the sixty consistently until he's already gotten it and then he's too late to get. So, um, yeah, exactly what you said, mate. I think looking at his numbers last week, it was something like forty three tackles, hardly any miss, um a couple offloads so sort of twenty five points and hit up. So it's basically seventy points for the for the sixty minutes he's on the field, just in just into the base. So um, yeah, mate. Easy, the, the, only, the only concern is obviously the buy next week, but if you can if you can uh, if you can deal with that, great option, particularly the price too.
0: He could be someone that can match someone like Payne Haas for the run home as well. Like if, yeah, yeah. you know, so if you end up running out of trades and Haas is injured for a couple of weeks, you could potentially just keep Joe Tarp as your starting front rower and and away you go. He scored sixty eight in pure base last week.
1: Yeah, well, that, that's the thing too. He's um, uh, Haas, uh, surely Haas is unlikely to play next week anyway. So, um, even even with um, actually, I'll ask you the question: How bad is his injury? Because if he's missing Origin, surely that's not something. Surely it's something that, that that's um, can't just be needled. So he's going to be out at least what one, maybe two weeks. So if he's going to be out a couple of weeks, there's really no point in skipping and toughening because you, you're going to have a premium front row for out anyway.
0: Yeah, look, it it seems like he's a 50-50 for the following week Um, and obviously definitely not playing this week. But but I I do think the Tarpini can be a top three front row forward option for the run home, maybe even top two if things go his way. So I'll I'll say for the next – I'll say for the draw as well, Billy, this goes into the next forward I'm going to talk about. Uh, When you're looking at from round 22 onwards – Four out of the last six games for the Canberra Raiders are played at GIO Stadium in Canberra. They've only got two away games. And, you know, in that run, they play Newcastle at GIO, Tigers at GIO, Bulldogs at GIO, and a tough one against the Broncos, but at GIO. Two other hard games there that are away, but that run home is very good. And obviously they play the Dragons this week, which is a premium matchup. Hudson Young got dropped from the Origin team. He's my first purchase this week and the only one that I'm 100% on buying I'm all over him, 93 points last week with a try, 76 a week before. He's back in business, not playing Origin, playing against the Dragons. Uh, he's he's primed to score a try this week. And at 573,000 with the 17BE, he is at a really good price. He's someone that you can go a key on Colin Matangi to and probably get better scores than Colin Matangi for the run home and save 20 or 30K on him as well. So you know, I I love Hudson Young in this week. His offloads and his tackle breaks have been way up this year. He's a lot of the games now in the last two months of football, he's averaging around three of each per game in offloading and tackle breaking. And it's just put him at a, a 55 baseline on the season for his base-base attack. But obviously we know that the tries are going to come. Uh, and he scored six for the season and that's nothing for him. They'll probably keep coming. So I reckon he's a special to score a try this week and that's exactly the sort of upside that you want in your forwards. Guys like Nicker and Hudson Young with good matchups that can get a try. So I love him. You can hold him for the rest of the way and I think he's a rotation on your bench for your second row forward.
1: Yeah, agree. The only same as Tappany, mate, you just gotta figure out how, how many of those blokes you can hold for that for that next round. So if if, if you've only got the two of them, great. But if you're a boat if you're a boat that's got sort of, you know, um uh, Tappany, the redhead, as well as well as as well as Hudson, make it make it a bit harder. So Just do your math. That's all I can say.
0: Billy, I'm going to have to open up an old wound for you here. I don't think it's healed quite yet. But, you know, there's going to be some people looking at this going, look, I do think the Raiders will go well here. Um, Who's some cheap guys? Who's some good shit options that I can go for?
1: (laughs) Here we go. I know where this is going.
0: Matthew Timico. You got on him and you got burned a little bit. He he went on a really good run uh, where he went, you know, round seven, 75 points on a 79 points on 119 points on a 69 points. It was a great month of footy. And he started off pretty strong too in the first month of footy where he had a, a 95 and a 69 in round three and four. All of a sudden, the midway point of the season hit round 12 and he fell off a cliff. And in the, in the last five rounds, he's averaged 41. In the last three, he's averaged 45. And can I just tell you, in the last three with his 45 average, he scored two tries in those three games. So his base has been abysmal in his last few weeks. He's got 26, 30, and 26 in raw base. And really, for the last couple of months, his raw base has been well below what it was before. It's uh, It looks really bad, but he did show a point where he could go on a really good run. And when we're talking about good shit options, they're, they're downgrades where you can get a bit of cash out of it. And when you don't have any money to spend and you're hoping for a bit of a rocket in this buy round, he's playing the Dragons. He's 446000 so much like while we were talking about Raymond and Katoa from the Sharks there's not really great options or great options you want for your run home, but sometimes beggars can't be choosers. Have you looked at going back to Timoko? I know that it's, you know, still healing that wound, but, you know, <laughs> is he someone that could go big for this round against the Dragons at least?
1: Well, there's no wound there, just more ego. So, uh, I told everyone else to get on him and I couldn't afford him. I was two grand short, remember? So everyone else... Everyone else got on him and uh has been cursing me since. <laughs> um, oh,
0: I thought you got on him. But that, no, that's no, good, no, no. That's good, mate. You can get straight on him now for like 250k <laughs> less.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I wanted to. His numbers just lined up. It just didn't, didn't produce. Those, so, um, yeah, no, not for me, mate. Uh, <laughs> once morally bitten, twice shy.
0: Yeah, I looked at it really hard. I can't do it either, and I really wanted to because I think that he will score a try this week against the Dragons. The problem is that he just hasn't been getting points with his tries that he's been scoring lately. Like, it's amazing when you have a look at the difference. Round 10 to 11, he scored back-to-back tries, and he scored 119 and 69 points with his one try in each of those games. The last two weeks, he scored a try in each of his games, and he scored 53 and 43. Yeah, that's just abysmal. Um, but
1: yeah the numbers you can't forget
0: you can't so i can't get around it i went and had a look at his runs and everything he's only running the ball about 10 or 11 times a game in the last few weeks Um, his work rate just seems to be right down now if you if you can't do anything else or if you want to take a shot i could see a possible turnaround there's obvious risk there though uh look billy i don't think there's any real dragons options let's move along and let's talk about this next game. So, Parramatta versus the Warriors. Now, obviously, your Eels have got a hell of a lot more out than what we expected now. Um, I think, you know, six weeks ago, we thought Mitchell Moses and uh, and Gutherson would be great cover for this game, and they're both out. Uh, I don't mind the signs that you've actually put in. Uh, you've got some good options there still. At least you've got Sean Lane back on the bench, but certainly thought you'd be a lot stronger for this game. <laughs>
1: I even picked up um, Maddow a few weeks ago, um, thinking, "Look, he cut, right op- cut through option. Surely he'll do well at five eight, but he just did nothing at the five eight. So, uh, blokes like that are concerning, not just for points but longevity now too. So, um, yeah, who knows what's going to happen with that rotation? Because you, you've got a whole bunch of blokes that need to fit back in those in those three slots in that back row.
0: Yeah, I think Madison will be fine because we've seen him in that rotation previously.
1: Off the back. Yeah,
0: um, But what the last couple of weeks it hasn't worked out. So certainly if you bought him a few weeks ago, and look, i I said to many people, I think he's a pretty astute buy a few weeks ago going into that Manly game um, where he could get some clutch attack in round 16. He only scored 43 and then he scored 50 against the Dolphins in, in his 62 minutes. It, it hasn't gone well for people that bought him. Having said that, he's now 596,000. He has not been that cheap all season. That's the cheapest that he's been. And all of a sudden he provides value. Like you have teams looking at someone like Bateman where Ryan Madison's 40K less than what Bateman is. Um, and he's got a huge run of games at Combank Stadium coming up as well. Um, so even after this uh, buy, he's then got the Gold Coast Titans at home in back-to-back Combank Stadium games. So it, I I don't care that he's named at six. I actually see it as an opportunity to still be able to get him in. Um, and I still think that he's an option. If you own, say, Britain Nikera, um, certainly you know I'd probably like Hudson Young a little bit more than Madison right now just with how things are panning out but I think Madison's right up there I'd have him over Bateman. How are you ranking Ryan Madison as a buyer considering he's in the 500s to purchase this week? Uh,
1: look I think he's going to go back to the bench where he kind of averages pretty well off the bench but I don't think I've ever seen him come off the bench um, at the same point where you've got uh, lane as well as Hopgood good as well as your, your full strength kind of second row so i'm not sure i, I couldn't get gar- i couldn't buy him this week and guarantee myself that he's going to get sort of 60 minutes that, that he normally does off the bench um it, it is a tough one i think at the price um if you couldn't afford him in the chorus he's probably one of the better options given um going to be the one one of the key sort of playmaker, playmakers this week, and then uh, playing the next few games at home. But other than that, it's basically he's, he's not a good shit option. He's just uh, an unproven minute guy in a in a in a, in, in, in a big pack that can sort of punch up some scores, but there's no guarantees there. I think he's a price right.
0: Yeah, I actually I like him as a buyer, But one stat I'll throw out there before we move off him is that the last three years he's averaged within half a point of exactly the same number being 66. So, you know, doing that three years in a row very, very consistently, uh, he's built off a really good base and he hasn't actually scored a try yet this year. And, you know, we say that with some players and sometimes we say it with middle forwards and stuff and they don't end up getting a try. You know, Madison's going to get one. He doesn't have that many games left to do it. It's going to happen. And, you know, the more that you go along in the season, hitting around 19 playing the Warriors at Combeck and then the, the Titans at Goldco- at um, Combank as well. He's every chance of scoring a try in the next couple of weeks. It's, it's going to have to happen for him because he's not the sort of player that's going to go through a season without scoring one or two tries. He's hardly got any clutch attack all year. So to get him sub 600 for a guy that has been 66 average for three years in a row, I just think it's it's good value and it's great for your rotation for the run home. So... I actually really quite like him as a buy. Um, I would get Nicaragua over him at the moment, but you know, a lot of teams already have him. I'd certainly get him in, and I'm hoping for some clutch attack this week. But some of the other uh, options for your Eels, mate, there isn't as many as there normally is, obviously, but a bit of a, a you know look at at the pod options. Um, I looked at Penasini a little bit, and I will say that I was going to buy him, except for the fact that I couldn't afford him because at 585K, I have to look at some of those worse options, unfortunately. But he's someone who has scored 63 points a game this year so far. That is keeper level. Um, 56% of his games, he's gone 60 plus. Certainly, his base base attack has been you know solid. Base attack of 17, which is really good. A base raw of 34. Uh, and last week, or well, last game, I should say, he scored two tries and scored 104 points on the Dolphins. Uh, so he's certainly got a couple of bigger ones in him this year. Uh, again, that draw the next couple of weeks looks pretty good. And even for the run home, it's solid. So, you know, Will and 585,000. I think the teams could probably do worse getting him in for a big game this week and then using him as a, you know, six rotation center wing or something like that. I do think that he's a, a, a very good pod option and a few percent ownership.
1: Yeah, the only thing with him, though, is are you going would you back him to do that this week without Moses? I'm not sure I could. Like he's, He started last year not doing much, and then he had then he had, has a couple of decent games. He, he just seems to be around that sort of 50 average. You don't really see him do much, but when he does get the ball, he looks dangerous, but I don't think he gets enough of it to warrant warrant an inclusion. Um, if Moses was playing this week, then, yeah, I could see a lot more of the appeal, but without Moses, I just don't see how he gets as much ball as he needs, mate.
0: Yeah, it's one of those ones where if you want to make sure that you've got a guy there that's got a decent floor um, but probably doesn't go as big as other centre wings, uh, then he might be an option because he, his lowest score is 38 and then after that he's in the 40s. So he's got a really good floor. He's going to give you, when he has a bad game, most of the time 40s and 50s, um, which is pretty palatable, especially if you're looking at him. It's just sort of a, an emergency type of swing in for certain matchups and mainly bench him for the run home because your centre wing is going to be stacked. Um, Speaking of those guys, uh, Mike Acebo, 500k on the nose. He is the cheapest that he's been all season as well. Uh, he's now gone on a two-game drought, which is a massive drought for him. And when he doesn't score tries, he's awful. So <laughs> the last two games, 27, 18 points, is exactly why you don't want to be playing him when he doesn't score his tries. But very likely the next couple of weeks at Combank Stadium to be looking at tries, considering the run that he's gone on the last two weeks. Uh, another one of those ones, Billy. Where look, it's obviously he's not one of the top center wings at all. I know I always talk up Sebo and my love for him, but got a lot of fond memories of the big games. But he's never one of those guys that's one of your top center wing keepers for the run home. But if you're look, looking at value, you're looking at those guys in the like we said, the 400 to 500k range that can throw up a big score. Um, yeah, he can do that, and he can do it this week at Combank Stadium. So at 500,000, he's one of those cut price ones that if you needed to leave in there. You could, but unlike a Pennicini, unfortunately, he is going to give you some AE problems when he doesn't score a try.
1: Yeah, I think he just lost a lot of his appeal in regards to hit ups. Like he just doesn't have that work rate that uh, he, he once did, sort of a couple of years ago. Um, I, I really think he needs Dylan Brown in the side as well. I don't think he's going to get as much quality ball without dual Bags, and um, I think the one the one factor going for him is that uh, Arce actually does look pretty good. But he'll be playing right side and uh, not, not left side. Um with um with Moses out, so that kind of hurts him a bit. Um but the 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 other thing in his equation is like it 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 is the home game. They, they do they do go really well at that at that sort of uh stadium home game. So oh, maybe Matter gets him gets him some ball, who knows? But um five hundred K, uh, uh tough one for me, but i am gonna have to lean lean no I'd rather the cheap the cheap rabbit moat.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one of those ones where I almost think strategically, if you're looking at someone like Sivo, you're almost looking at it for next week for me. Like yeah. you'll say, oh, look, you know, maybe you can hope for 50 points this week or something. But next week, you know, you're going to have Gutherson and Moses likely backing up being the, the last game on the Sunday, playing at Combank versus the Titans. And that's the type of game where someone like Sivo can go bang. Round 10, away against the Titans, he scored 124 points. You know, that's, that's the sort of game he's got in him against sides like the Titans and playing at Combex Stadium. You can say, look, I'm going to get him in this week uh, because I want some points and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But next week, I'd love to have him in. So, you know, it could be one of those ones. And if you've got a lot of trades, I think that it's a better purchase. Um, if you don't have very many trades, you probably can't really afford to go someone like a Sebo. But if you've got a lot of trades, I'd be... Considering him as a cheap option for your third trade and maybe to get your numbers this week because the next two weeks next week being the mini big buy can give you some good points and in a few weeks' time you can probably make a little bit of cash out of it even though you've got a big break even now and all of a sudden you just trade him for that last few few rounds and i'm going to be looking at doing that round 23 he's got the dragons at convent stadium after that game he then goes for the broncos the roosters and the panthers and then they've got to buy so certainly if I've got enough trades left, I'm looking at that last uh, four weeks of footy saying, I'm just going to trade him for that. Um, and certainly if you've got a lot of trades, I think you could buy him for that with that sort of strategy in mind. Not a lot of trades, Billy, probably leave him on the sideline. Uh, look, for the Warriors, they've been going really, really well. Um, got a lot of options. Sean Johnson, we have to say, there's potential that he may not play still. Um, he's in New Zealand at the moment. His wife's going to give birth any week. And he's obviously got to leave the country to play this one. So he could be a late scratching. So really got to make sure that you're, you're looking at that. Um, but another couple of guys that have been popular the last two weeks, DWZ and Sharns Nickel Clockstad. Now, CMK and DWZ, a lot of people have been buying the last few weeks, have been going on their runs, 176 points for DWZ, 150 plus for Chance. I just have a look at this game and just think, look, if Sean Johnson's out, It's going to be tough to buy them, Um, but I need another opinion, Billy, because I've seen a lot of really astute super coaches and some of the other great content creators go, look, I'm a believer in Nickel Clockstar being a run-home guy Uh, and even DWZ, some people have sort of said, look, I can just leave him there um, because the Warriors are going so good. I'm not that comfortable doing it. How do you feel about these Warriors players, not just for this week, but as run-home guys?
1: I think the price is too much to get him in. I mean, you, you look at your existing center three quarter, right? So you, it's almost guaranteed that you've pretty much got sort of minor in there. Um, a fair chunk of people have Ozarko. Everyone's got every man. His dog would likely have Garrett. So, what's is it? The fourth or fifth string option for you? Um, I I just don't see it, mate. Like he 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 doesn't. He's a volatile like. He does he's not gonna have the, the consistency for sixty five points, which is really what you need kind of um uh, this time of year. And when you've got a B like that, as well as a price like that, and the fact that Johnson Johnson's pretty much out this week, I just don't like the fact that he's not getting his service, mate.
0: No. Yeah, the the price tag's a thing for me. like Charles is seven hundred and seventy six thousand. I can't believe people have been looking at him at, yeah, at that price tag, um, even a couple of weeks ago. Even a few weeks ago it was six seventy you know I just yeah. could not pay that for him um despite how how well they've been going and d w z is kind of the same. There is some budget options in here um and they're ones that you might need to get lucky with a little bit um so certainly for Noah Blake is somebody who has been fantastic as a front row forward option. I'm just going to say straight out i'm I'm a believer in him, but not over some of the other guys. So Joe Tarpany, I think, is the front rower that you want for this for this round. And I don't think that you need to fill the other front row spot. You just keep your Tino or your Hass or whatever if you got him with Joe Tarpany. He's gone forty-four, ninety-four, sixty, and sixty-three the last month of footy. Um the last month of footy is concerning to me because his minutes have gone down. Forty-six minutes on the weekend against Souths in a pretty dour game where they needed their forwards fifty-six a week before, fifty-four, fifty-nine rounds out that month of footy. If he's averaging in the 50s, it's not going to be as much minutes as what we were seeing in that mid-season part where he's going on a purple patch run uh, and certainly where he's scored four out of five tri- four tries in five games. That's a distant memory now. He hasn't scored any clutch attack for five weeks. I, I just couldn't get around getting him in. He's also got a round 22 buyer coming up as well when you've got someone like Joe Tarpany. But when you're looking at the cheap options in the forward pack, this is where it can get interesting. So Curran has been suspended a couple of weeks, Billy. It's also coincided with Barnett coming back. Now, I'm not, I don't think Barnett's a good option. Um, But in saying that, at 470,000, he is a dual front row, second row forward. That if you've got a lot of cash, uh, so you don't need to nuff or anything like that or do a one and done, he is a dual that can actually give you a bit of coverage down the track. He played 69 minutes on the weekend. A combination of edge and middle could be his go going forward. And if he does that, you know, he should score between sort of 50 and 63 points a game. And that might be a bit of cover. I don't think that you need to be getting these cheaper Fords in, but if that's what you need and you're really stacked in your pack, or maybe you've got five Fords between the Raiders, Dragons, and South Sydney guys, and you don't want to sell them, you know, these are the type of cheap Ford options that you could possibly look at. Um, but you know, obviously, not a lot of upside.
1: Yeah, yeah, agree with that, mate. I'm going to be really careful with my trades, and you. You don't wanna be you don't wanna be mocking around with that sort of cash just to get something between fifty and sixty three points, mate. You want exponential. If if you want those sorts of points, you can pay for pretty much a bum. You're just just gonna pay place sort of thirty-five minutes and almost get you those points anyway. That way you're only gonna make up what fifteen, twenty points in the follow- the following week or the following multiple weeks with the cash that you're saving anyway.
0: Yeah, and look, that's the thing. If you're looking at someone like um these guys as your cheap options, get one of the cheaper center wings. Uh, I think you know, that's probably better, and you just don't play for third, second row, or whatever. Um, you're better off doing it that yeah. way. Um, and really, like I, I'd like to give the Warriors more options, Billy. But the problem is that they've kind of they've outplayed their value. They've played so well the guys like C, and K, and D, W, Z. Like I really want to buy them for this week, but they're just too expensive because they just played too well. I just I don't see many options in this Warriors side now.
1: Um. Uh... Not really, mate. I don't think I've had a single warrior in my team all year, actually. Um, uh, SJ was the only one, and I kind of missed the train on that, thinking uh, he's not going to repeat that. He's not going to repeat that uh, too late. (laughs) I'll just stick with Moses. Um, Harris is the only one I really kind of like, but even then, at his price, mate, he's not really punching anything um, that sort of tough won't give you. I think that is is Lesnar is obviously the 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 pod, but without SJ at that price there's there's no value in any of them mate
0: do you think we're disrespecting tohu by you know not talking about him as a buy i mean I'm, I'm just saying guys like Hudson Young and Nicara and Tapani and
1: no he's got just got no i think most if uh, i think he's significantly owned already, so if, if you don't own him i wouldn't i wouldn't be going like a bat out of hell to get him anyway because it's basically 60 to 65 points as a plotter which you can make up with any of your other purchases. You just try to find someone that has the X factor that can maybe do an extra sort of 25 35 points by getting a few more offloads or minutes or falling over the line with with a a softer matchup. It doesn't matter what matchup he has. He just doesn't seem to tackle bust or do anything more than sort of you know, 40 tackles, 20 hit-ups, and that's it.
0: Yeah, you've got to have the upside. And guys like Nicker and Hudson Young, like, they've got upside. And one of the the numbers, too, yeah. with, with Tohu, like, he's only got one game out of 13 that's gone 80-plus, and he's only got four out of 13 that's gone 70-plus. So even the work rate isn't an extreme work rate where you're getting a lot of 70-pluses for the minutes when he's playing sort of 80 minutes or 70 to 80 range. You know, it's... There's just not enough big enough ones there. Let's move along, Billy, so we can get through the other options. Um, we've now got the Rabbits versus the Bulldogs. And look, tell me I'm crazy, but I'm looking at this Rabbitohs team. This 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 spine, all right? Number one, they've got Blake tough there. Six and seven are Dean Hawkins and Lachlan Ilias, And number nine is Saliba Havili. And on the bench, they've got Mavazoulis, who can go in and spot Hooker. You know, that is a New South Wales Cup level spine. No no disrespect to the players, but, you know, it's obviously not a strong spine at all. And they're obviously missing forwards as well with Keon Kalamatangi now out, Damien Cook out of the pack, and also Cam Murray out. You know, I'm just looking at this side just going, I don't understand why the Bulldogs are that massive outsiders. I know they lost badly on the weekend, but at least they're full strength. You know, am I crazy thinking that this looks like a dog's upset?
1: Mate, I agree with you. Like, I actually took the dogs last week as well, so I'm just just going to double down on them. I thought they were value at two, like, two bucks twenty.
0: <laughs> well, I thought it'd be close last week too. I like the Knights, but I thought i oh, would win by four. Like, obviously, they they got absolutely towered last week, but that normally says that they bounce back and that they put in this week. They got Toby Sexton as well. This is a oh. bad Rabbitohs side on paper. Yeah,
1: the, the life, the <laughs> Yeah, I thought the same thing. I went and had a look at, um, uh, what do you call it, um, uh Knights 4 away record. One win and six losses away. Like, uh, dogs are due. <laughs> I didn't realise it was... I didn't realise that they, they should have been dollar team favourites, but, um, yeah, absolutely doubled them.
0: I mean, like, when we were looking at this game months ago, the rabbits seem to have a lot of options. You know, you're maybe going to have Damien Cook. You're going to have Keon columet You're going to have Cody Walker. You're going to maybe have Campbell Graham even. There was huge options.
1: Yeah, you, you never know which one of them is going to come off the bench now.
0: Well, I can't bring myself to look at any of these rabbits. Did you see any rabbits aside from a one-and-done Munro stab that you, would, you could even buy in this one? Because, I mean, that probably says it all about the chance of the Bulldogs upset.
1: No. Nah. No, nah, Colin was the only one I was really interested in, on I'm selling him now.
0: So, on the dog side, you know, it, it would seem very silly to buy from a team that just lost or had the Knights put 66 points on them. But I did yep. say to you that there was another good shit option later in the week. And
1: don't say Kuraz. Don't say Carraz. I'm
0: going to say Kuraz. Oh, I've actually got Karaz in at the moment. <laughs> it's not because I believe in him hugely, but like, when you're having a look at it, he's only 435000 He is super cheap. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He can be, he, I agree. He, can be, he He is a good a good shit option. Um, he was a premium option at the start of the year. He was just having I mean, hit up after hit up after tackle bust after tackle bus and, and doing well. And he, he was looking like a seasoned keeper and then just injured and then completely regressed and then um, – they're starting to get flogged, so he's not getting much ball, but um, yeah, c- certainly has the capability of picking up. Um, I've got him, he's got a big, not a massive, but a decent kind of break even this week. Um, I was even contemplating sort of selling him this week just to get someone else, but be absolutely silly. Just the, even if he only scores what 25 30 points, those are, those are the points I, I, would, I would be getting in the upgraded player anyway. So it's stupid doing it, may as well just take a bit of a cash loss. Worst case scenario, and hope for a big one as a pod.
0: Yeah, and look, I think that there is some numbers there that you know can support him if you need someone in that price point. Like I, I'm, I've sold myself on getting him because I need someone at around that 430k mark. But because of that, I've had a look at the numbers quite a lot, Billy. And the last two weeks, they've they've lost 48 to 10 against the Sharks in round 16, 48 to 10, and 66 nil. Okay and people will look at the points and not recognise those games and look, I oh, scored 28 and 36 super-coach points. I can't believe that he scored that in those games. You know, it's not a great baseline to have a look at, but in those games, he was still in the top five in both of them in hit-ups. You know, he was still taking a huge amount of runs, still getting an off late away and still getting a tackle break or two away. So there is some cause for um for maybe him to bounce back a little bit and get back to some of what we were seeing before. South's this week. I look at that lineup and I just go, geez, the the board I was going yeah. to win here. You know, Caraz has got a good chance to put up a decent score and to get a try.
1: Even if they don't, he's got, a, he's got a much better chance than last week than sort of getting over, over for a line rate try.
0: Yeah, 100%. And look, I think, again, you look at, well, if he's my sixth or seventh centre wing, how's that going to look for the rest of the year? I actually think the last five games are, are decent. Like, the next couple of weeks after Souths, so they've got the Broncos and Panthers. Obviously bad games for them, but they finish on the Dolphins, the Knights, the Raiders, the Seagulls, and the Titans. Now, not the easiest, but certainly not you know, difficult. There's only one of those teams currently in the top eight out of their last five. It's it's a decent enough run where you can go, look, I might even play him for some of those, or at least he, he could go well enough where if I need to cop an AE, it's going to be okay. So I'm getting around him at that price point. I'm much bigger on getting someone like Karaz in at 435k than getting some one and done type of guys or 300k guys that you know aren't going to be as reliable. If I can find that extra money, I think you're much better off spending on someone like Karaz.
1: Yeah, consistency is the key, mate, or job security or uh, capability. So yeah, I'd have to agree with that, mate if you've got the cash it makes it a lot easier uh, if you don't I'd still be going the uh, the monroe the monroe out but if you can carry an extra one um you certainly got some capability I, I think the uh the the selling the selling point here is probably that um not not the draw but the lack of the lack of fores and the lack of praise cohes- the, the lack of cohesiveness, and the fact that um they've actually still got um Burton's boot, mate. so with a completely brand, with a, a completely restructured and um elevated um the South team. You got lots of rookies coming in for the first time that it got so surely it's no brainer for Burton to use his usually foot put it up, put him under pressure, maybe get a, a bit more possession in the um uh, in the in the opposing twenty and give folks like Carras a bit more opportunity to get over the line.
0: Well speaking about Burton, he's an interesting one that you raise. Seven points last week. Absolutely abysmal in eighty minutes.
1: Yeah. But couldn't buy him.
0: Well I couldn't either myself, but I tell you it. But I tell you a team, Billy, that I think could, and a lot of these teams won't look at him because they'll see the seven points last week. The five, the five round average before that was in the eighties. He was at a, like eighty-five average for the five rounds before. He he was absolutely killing it before last game. Since you know round three, basically, you know he's actually had a really good season until last week. He's coming into this game against a very understrength South Sydney side with a bit of a point to prove and got snubbed from the origin team. And he's going to be goal-kicking as well. And if you're a team, Billy, that has a mountain of trades, heaps of cash to spend, or if you've got a mountain of trades, you can make yourself have heaps of cash to spend because you can trade someone like Payne Haas and get him back in four weeks or whatever. You know, you've got a lot of moves that you can make if you've got trades up your sleeves or you've got bank. And one of those moves could be, get Matt Burton in for a couple of weeks or, you know, because he is dead set a premium option this week that can easily go 90 plus. And if he does that, he's going to do it at next to no ownership. And that's the key of saving trades and having some bank because it gives you that flexibility when you do get to these later rounds and you do get to these buy rounds. So I agree. I can't buy them at all. I don't have the trades or the money to do anything like that, but a team that could, I can see a big opportunity there for them as a pod value option.
1: Certainly, is a luxury trade, isn't it? Um, but there's, um, uh, I, I didn't realise what his average was prior to the last game. So you so, certainly here now. I'm ahead there. I might need to go and have another look. But um, I'm, I'm putting him back in that sort of category that we had at, at the start of the year. Certainly a pot option, but I don't think he's one that's going to get you out of shit.
0: Yeah, dog, I think that he, he get you get of shit for this week. Um, after, that's going to be an issue because you're probably going to have to sell him pretty quickly um, to either a clearer or to a Munster. Um, unfortunately for the Dogs, their decent run starts in the last five rounds rather than from now. They've just got one good game, and that's probably what hurts him. Um, let's move along. The Gold Coast Titans up against the Dolphins in the last game. No for feeder. So I can not worry too much. Did you own for feeder last week?
1: I've had him all season. mate.
0: I did, and I sold him a month ago or whatever with Origin. That was a tough, tough watch. I have to say, last last week it was a tough watch. I thought he scored that other try.
1: Uh, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I kind, I just kind of figured, look, he, he's, but he is going to be rested a bit. But he's just too good a player, and has some good matchups coming. I didn't. The the only reason I kept him was because of the the matchups in between Origin.
0: Yeah, and after that 30-minute game or whatever that he got post-Origin 1, I just got rid of him because I just couldn't do that again. But um, obviously he backed up and, and went awesome and scored another 100-point outing. He's not in this one. He would have been a, a prime captain, weekend as, as the last game of the round. Uh, but looking at the Gold Coast Titans, they are really bad for this by-round, Billy. They're one of those teams that have got a lot of lesser-known guys that are getting minutes. Um, Junior Tino, Fassu Ali is starting at front row forward for his brother. Uh, Cleese Haas is starting in the second row. The problem with these guys is that they often find themselves on the bench, so they're not one and done guys. And I'm actually someone with Junior Tino, and I- I'm trying to get rid of him after this week because he's been an AE nightmare when he's played quite a few games. Um So there don- doesn't seem to be too many real options for the Gold Coast Titans. I know that you've got your mate, Philip Sammy, which is good for you. Um, but can you see any options that you would actually buy for this round?
1: Not really. Um, I think Sammy Sammy's come too far into the season now. To, to, he's, he's probably in the same category as Carraz, um, actually. Um, if you go and have a look at his um, his points for the last few weeks, he seems to get really close to the sort of 50 points in Like he's He does a lot of running. You'll, you'll see him on 25, 30 at halftime all the time.
0: Yeah, I I've actually looked at him a couple of times and I've been pretty impressed with his work rate. It's been quite good. Um I couldn't because of his price tag, he's sort of out he's more expensive than some of those other guys. So I couldn't bring myself to get him. Um the Dolphins are probably a bit more interesting. The mm-hmm. problem with them is that a lot of their guys are too expensive. Uh like so Cody Nicarima, for example, somehow he's just like we spoke about him for one of the earlier buys and it just we sort of said, Look, there's a lot of risks there, but he's got the upside. He might actually string it together and you might get lucky because he was only uh, what, 375,000 uh, round 10 versus the sharks. Um, obviously, with an eye towards that round 13 buy, he has gone much better. He's been playing fullback, um, but you know, he's the last month of footy for him 97, 40, 82, and 73. And he scored 97 in round 12 versus Melbourne as well. Really, when you have a look at it. From round nine onwards, he's played very well, Uh, 55 average on the season, but that's actually more like a high 60s average when you're looking at the last couple of months of football. So he's gone up to 611,000. He would have been a perfect guy to say, look, I can put him in a hooker or 5.8 with that jewel, and if he keeps starting, I can just leave him in there and not trade him out. The problem is, like some of these other Dolphins options, he's just gotten too expensive at 611,000, but he could absolutely carve this buy round up Against the Gold Coast Titans,
1: oh yeah, yeah, that's the thing that shits me. I, I, I'd like to see the buy him this weekend, but um, I was talking to a mate before, and he, he rightly pointed out that oh, although a yeah, he he may have won of the the, the 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 fullback's got the fullback position just so they can get him into the team of hammering in the centres. But the flip side of that is, uh, what's to say that you know. Bennett wanted to rest the hammer last week and, um, or the, the last sort of a couple of weeks, but they, uh, absolute win game, um, put him at center just so he could run three kilometers as opposed to 10 at fullback. And then what's to the say he doesn't go straight, straight back to fullback and Nick Rima Re- 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 back to, to bench post origin. Then all of a sudden you've got a $611,000 guy that you, um, bought him for one game. Now, now an AE nightmare. I had the same position last, it was last year. Yeah, pretty sure it was last year. I, I bought Nick Carim in, in last year when he was playing for South, thinking, oh, this is brilliant. Like he's going to be a goal kicking six or playing or fullback. And all of a sudden, play, played one game at fullback or one game at six, point, whatever it was, scored 10 points, got me fuck all. And then I was stuck with him on the bench for ages. I just don't want to be in the same position.
0: Yeah, it can be real volatile real quickly. Um, especially now that Sean O'Sullivan's back. Uh, Could muddy the waters quite a bit, and there's some options. Asako has been the real big player for the Dolphins as far as Supercoach goes, and he is playing a team that uh, he did not play well at previously and ended up leaving, so he might have a bit of a point to prove, the Queensland neighbour. I am super scared not to have Osako this week. I'm a non-owner. He's 725,000, and he's only gone 50, 66, and 66 the last three weeks for a 61 average. That's more of what I'm hoping for because he's got a 77 average for the season, but I am petrified this week. He's a goal kicker against the Gold Coast Titans. I think the Dolphins are special for an upset this week, and 725,000. I just can't afford it. Uh, but if you got the money, Billy, he has got to be easily the premium option for this one. And he's already gone 114, 100, 118, and 108, and 108 for five times this season out of his 16 games. 30% of his games, he's gone 100 plus. So this is a great week to get him if you can afford it. Uh, I would even be looking at buying him for this round as one of the premium center wings.
1: Yeah, you won't you won't go uh, go hungry. Uh, I I didn't start the year with him, but I think I got him around uh, around eight seven, eight nine in in, in preparation for that first buy round. And I'll tell you what, I haven't haven't been disappointed. The only the only concern you have is. He could be on sort of seven eight points sort of you know the the halfway mark but then all of a sudden they'll lost score a try he'll kick he'll kick a couple of goals all of a sudden he's on twenty then he has that that line break try in the seventieth minute and he's he's on fifty so he easily he easily pumps in the in the numbers very very quickly so he's he's a a, a premium version of um alex johnson to, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things that's been most impressive about him for me is that obviously we know that the Dolphins have fallen off a bit and they've copped a couple of thrashings and stuff, yeah. and it still hasn't really mattered for him. Like, against your Eels, like your Eels were up 42 nil at the half, and he still finished that game yeah. with 66 points. You know, it's you've got to give him credit that 75% of his games have gone 60-plus, and he's got a season low of 44 points. Like, that is ridiculous.
1: And Tafare's um, won that right centre position. Now he's a gun, so we're, uh, um, there's a much much higher likelihood that you know Ozarko um, is going to get more ball or at least more conversions because he, he uh, he's a he's a big unit and he, he just dominates dominates that right edge like he pushes his way through the line so, and he goes looking for Ozarko as well. So I um, I just like having the two.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, you might say, well, look, he, he's only scored solid when they've gotten smashed up and that might happen more on the run home. Their draw is quite favourable, right? Like he's got the Panthers in round 20, which is a bad game and a buy, But then he has the Bulldogs in round 22, uh, Newcastle out in Queensland in round 23, the Roosters who aren't as good as what they should be, the Tigers, the Cowboys and the Warriors. And those last two games, it's Cowboys and Warriors are both at home, so... I wouldn't be too worried about playing Asako most of the run home. And I didn't think I'd be saying this even just six or seven weeks ago. I didn't believe in him, but have to give him credit. His work rate has gotten way up there. Um, you mentioned Tafare, A few people are bringing him in. And, look, I, I'm not sure. Like, to me, he's he seems to have won the job again. But we sort of saw this before and Brenko Lee got brought back in. Um, at 356,000, he does have a negative break even, Billy, but it's only in minus 10. And he has scored fifty six and seventy the last two weeks, but both of them had tries like he might go well enough this week, but he he could lose his job any other week and he could also not make a lot more money at three hundred and fifty six k and a minus ten break even so I'm not as around it as what the number of trade ins possibly suggest it's It's not a bad option at all uh i just I'm not sure that it's as good an option as what some people maybe think it is
1: yeah maybe um i I just assume. Is there a reason why people don't own him, or was it because he was he was really cheap a few weeks ago? And he was and he was always going to play that first bio. Was it just a more of a one game wonder, not not wanting to put a fill up position with a two hundred k player? Maybe, but would you get him now? Uh, I think so at the price. Still, I, I'd I'd have him over Carras as the the good cheap ship option.
0: So I'd still pay an extra. The extra money for Karaz because I believe in it a bit more. But I mean, Safari's got talent. If he, if he plays the rest of the year, then you know he he'll end up being a decent option. If he, the mm. problem is, I think for me that I just can't get around is when he's been dropped before. He's ended up on the bench, or he's ended up playing in the pack for fifty odd minutes. You know, like he had that round yeah. thirteen game in the bye round where I didn't end up even having him, where he scored four points in three minutes off the bench. <laughs> You know, and Wayne Bennett—it's hard to trust yeah. him, so I'm just a bit scared of that.
1: Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true, mate. Yeah, you can't muck around with that. But uh, uh, I, I, he's an option. But I, I uh, 100% agree. You're um, is like, the big win there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and we haven't really spoken about captaincy options much on this, Billy, because it's always just assumed that Nico Hines. good quarter. As the VC is going to be your captain, uh, I'd love to captain Drinkwater this week, but I don't think he's going to score much on the buy. If you do have maybe the only way I can see Nico not being a loop this week is maybe if he gets a HIA or something. Um, but maybe that happens, you know, and you need to look at some other options. If you've got Jermaine Asako, um, he could be the captaincy option with the last game goal kicking uh, against the Titans here in this one with a floor that you know is mostly going to be sixties. So. Yeah, he seems like one of those backup options there as well. If you are looking at bringing him in, it's an extra bonus.
1: Yeah, it's a scary option, but it is it is, it is an option.
0: Um, oh, look! If you can see any other, if you can see any other C options after VC Nick if that doesn't work out, throw him out there. I couldn't really see too many that I was much of a fan of after that Tiger Sharks game.
1: Probably looking at uh, point security for a captain, as in like. Hopgood or, um, even Tarpany, I think, uh, sort of solid, sort of eight, a solid 80 type captaincies. I, I would probably prefer them as opposed to taking absolute punt on Azako, but sure, sure, surely Nikkei's got at least sort of 75, 80, 75, 80 points in him. Um, he's, he's got that against the, the, the better teams. So Tigers, you'd be, you'd be, you'd you, you, you take a, you'd take a hundred, wouldn't you? Not even, oh you'd have
0: to be i mean it's really just like if oh i'd probably take 85 this round i don't think there's as many good options this round and obviously with the loop it's your top 17 so like you're going to get your you i mean your top 13 rules so you're going to get the players that you would have played anyway it's a free stab for everybody so i mean I, i'd take whatever nico's going to dish up really unless he gets knocked out but As we know, in Supercoach, Billy doesn't always go to plans. You've got to have contingencies. I do like your calls of of Tarpany and and also Hopwood is a really good one. Um, Hudson Young could be one with a bit more upside if you think that he can score a try, I guess. But obviously very, very low chance that Nico gets a HIA or something or or that game doesn't go how we think. I can't see any way you're not looping him. So probably a moot point. Probably may as well finish up the podcast too, mate. So big buy round. This is the last one. How many runners are you going to have to finish up on?
1: Uh, I'll have I'll have thirteen. Um, uh, ma- 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 maybe fourteen if JMK close.
0: Nice. Well, that's going to be good numbers this week. I think a lot of teams got decimated, and they're probably going to be ten, eleven, even if they're planning on being really competitive. So, oh,
1: I've been decimated. I had I had fifteen for this, and then all of a sudden, boom!
0: I had fifteen now. I got ten. That's okay. <laughs>
1: So <laughs> before or after trades?
0: Ah, uh, that's before. So I'll get up. Oh. I'll get up to thirteen. Uh, sorry, no, I've got eleven. So I'll get up to thirteen with two trades, or fourteen with three trades, depending on what way I want to do it. So yeah,
1: no, yeah, yeah you'll be right, back.
0: Well, mate, good luck this week. Thanks for jumping on the podcast once again. It was always a pleasure, Billy. Yeah,
1: right, mate. Good being on here. trying to go to bed, but I'm done.
0: <laughs> and that is the podcast done thank you everyone for listening you can download or stream on soundcloud itunes spotify and amazon and you can follow us on twitter nrl underscore sc underscore all stars also when you dump, jump on picklebet.com make sure when you create an account that you use the affiliate code promo code of all stars or one word they'll know that you're one of our listeners and take great care of you picklebet.com go jump on them today good luck with the big buy round we'll also have the talking footy podcast at the end of the week Enjoy the weekend of footy, can't wait to chat all about it again real soon. Hey now, you're an all get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star,
1: get the show on, get paid and all that managers go Only shooting stars break low.